welcome to original podcast do not steal and you know last time with that intro i was a little aggro a little mean to the listeners sometimes daddy's upset daddy be hungry <laughs> original podcast do not steal this is a podcast for every week with wonderful co-host today it is hello <laughs> oh your name is hello <laughs> good you've been lying to me for years I am Kane. I am here in stand-in um, for the other amazing co-host who is unfortunately currently indisposed and having a rough one. So, yep, we are still in the Amber Retrieval arc of the podcast. I have Kane to fill in this week. Kane, due to time displacement, you've been a co-host on the podcast before. We'll get your episode out one day, but I have... I mean, it's, it's cool. I, I, I've got nothing going on. I'm not rushed by it. <laughs> I, it's going to be funny if... Like, is that one going to release before this one? No. This one's oh, okay. coming up first. Then hello! <laughs> this would be the first time. But due to some... We Avengers did. We somehow shrank ourselves and went back in time. <laughs> or forward in time, depending on how this works out. Well, listen, time travel's stupid and not real. It doesn't matter. But yeah. anyways, original podcast Do Not Steal is a podcast where every week I and a wonderful co-host talk at length about your favorite intellectual properties, ideas, hope, concept, dreams, short stories, movies, TV shows for about 45 minutes to an hour and make an original character within that space. And we start episodes with a little trick to form a parasocial relationship with the audience. And so Kane... What's the question you got for the week, buddy? Well, considering that we focus so much on intellectual properties and how, you know, we both are just super big fans of materialism. My question is, uh, what is a property that you wish had way more merch than it currently does? Because I my thing is like I go to the store and I see shit tons of merch for like Star Wars or something. And I'm like, man, I really wish I could buy like X thing at the store. What do you, what's something that like, you're like, man, the only way I can buy this is like off of some random guy on Etsy. That's really good. There are so, I I feel like I have several places to go with this, but the first, I'm going to hit you back with a question. Am I allowed to do things that like only exist in our head? Like our D&D campaigns? Oh, like it, like you wish you could buy the dagger of homosexuality at Walmart. (laughs) I forgot about that. No, you're just like a pre-made cocktail. It's the fucking rusty dagger. No, I just want a shirt with like our fucking characters on it. But I, oh yeah, that, that would be cool. I feel like that is more something though, that you would go to some like artist to create. Like I'm talking like. Like, something I've thought about before, because it's always crazy to me when I go to, like, a store at the mall or something. Like, not necessarily a mainstream store, but then I see, like, a Keyblade for sale. And yeah. I'm like, oh, holy shit, there's, like, Kingdom Hearts stuff for sale. Okay, so... Which I realize isn't, like, niche-niche, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, the other day, for instance, I was sitting around, I've been playing a lot of Yakuza. And uh, I was like, man, I'd really like... I, I'm I'd surprised. like to buy Kiryu's tattoo! Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, like just, like, a, t- a shirt or something that's just like, oh, I'd like to have this thing. Or, uh, or something, or, like, a Figma, even. Or I, and then I go to, like, you know, a comic book store or, like, a random weeb store, and it's, like... Or, like, for instance, I, I went to this anime store in Detroit a couple weeks ago, and they had tons of stuff from all these different video game properties, but nothing from Yakuza, which I thought was a little strange, because I feel like it is... Or it is making, like, not a comeback, but I feel like it's, like, more popular in the West than it has been in a long time. And that's... Yeah, actually getting Sega to localize your games will do that. Yeah, we'll yeah, that getting effect. localization... <laughs> Um, we'll do that. And then also just the remakes and make and everything like that. But like, that was like an instance of like, oh, the only way I can find this stuff is like going to like a special, like, like looking for somebody who makes this stuff. Whereas like, if I want to buy like a lightsaber, I can just go to fucking literally Kroger probably. Yeah. Or like some random dollar store and like find a lightsaber. Okay. So you're asking more like what I wish, like what 
memorabilia like yeah or the, like merch yeah or like if, toys, I, if i just anything, wanted to like, say the doom hammer instead yeah yeah of going to blizzard i could just go to walmart hmm i want to go with something like okay here's what it is i wish and this is a blanket statement but i am gonna say specifically rock howard i wish his jacket from fucking mark of the wolves his jacket i wish that was readily available but all <laughs> fight game clothing just re- one-to-one recreated because fighting game characters have the best character designs this is a rant for another day but i'm right i'm correct that's actually a good one because i feel like fighting games are super popular right now and i feel like that i don't see anything for that except for like halloween time and i see like really shitty like scorpion costumes or something like that otherwise you're like i feel like mortal kombat or like any of like these popular games would have a good toy market yeah, i feel like but just pick literally any fighting game that has ever existed yeah pick a character they have a clothing item you want mm-hmm. i mean but shit even if it's something i hate like mortal kombat fuck mortal kombat but yeah like, but if you presented me with like a reptile jacket i'd probably buy it because reptile cool. looks yeah. cool yeah because uh, another instance of this is like i've been seeing a lot of like esports companies sort of like teaming up with other with properties so, like, things like uh, 100 Thieves or Team Liquid teaming up with, like, Naruto IP or Marvel IP. And it's very fun seeing, like, designer clothes with, like, weeb or, like, comic book stuff on it. And just being like, oh, that's really cool. I wish they would do something, like, I wish I could just go somewhere and find those, you yeah. know what I mean? But, no, yeah, that was that was my big thing. Because I, I think also part of it is I'm a little out of the loop right now when it comes to Star Wars stuff. And so I go to the store and I see, like, the Darksaber with, like, like, uh, like I haven't watched The Mandalorian at all yet. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, so I'd have nothing. Who is this fucking baby? Yeah, I'm like, why is the guy from Breaking Bad trying to sell me a lightsaber? And then I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, oh, it's the Darksaber from fucking, like, KOTOR, right? And then I'm like, oh, wait. This is definitely just I'm out of the loop. <laughs> like, uh, where's where's Pedro Pascal of fucking Mandalorian? What's happening? What yeah, is why, happening? Why is the why is the one bad guy from Breaking Bad like have have the legendary dark saber? Watch the show. Yeah, so. I know. I know. <laughs> but you worked in Yakuza Kane. That's some quality podcast, and that's a wonderful hey, I, little I, transition. I've tried to. Because, uh, it wasn't actually on purpose, but I tried to make it a good segue into today's topic which is the yakuza series yakuza series so i'm gonna go real quick yeah go ahead so um, you're because give your piece yeah i i love the yakuza games i've played one two did i do three is three yeah th- three is my favorite three is my absolute favorite i skipped most of four i watched a let's play i finished it out i haven't played too much of the new stuff have you played day of judgment the one where you're a lawyer not yet i yeah. really want to i've played the opening chapter it's fantastic yeah but just kind of give a really you can, in in judgment i know you can feed men to eels which is really <laughs> electric eels so yeah. i am i am excited for that i know and then you also f- i think fight like anonymous at one point so hell yeah fucking yeah, sick I'm hacker down. combos yeah, exactly so, to give a really brief overview of yakuza before we get too deep in the weeds for kind of the people who don't know what that is yakuza is a long-standing japanese was exclusive for a long time because the first well you know what i'm getting too deep in the weeds we'll get into that later (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a video game series developed by sega um which i feel like doesn't didn't get a lot of love until very recently and originally came out for the playstation 2 20 years ago 
which is just i feel like just now getting to the point where like people actually know what you're talking about when you bring it up and so yakuza is a long-standing series of beat-em-up games with a plethora they're semi-open world you can explore little sections of japan it is a mix of melodramatic but also heartwarming and engaging stories pulse pounding action fun fucking combos that incentivize keeping a steady pace so you build that heat gauge up and get this wonderful cinematic move and indulging in the wonderful seedy underbelly the nightlife of japan because it's called yakuza so clearly you're playing as a member of said criminal organization the main character for a very long time was kazuma kiryu he's one of the best characters in all video gaming at Four? No, at... Yeah, at four. At four, they opened it up to some more people, like... Oh, what the fuck is his name? The Noble Lone Shark? Yeah, there, there's... uh, They add a bunch of characters in as the game goes on, because Kiryu get, is getting older. And so they... It, it's like the sort of, like... His abilities are starting to dwindle, but part of... It's, it's the whole anime, my friends are my power type thing. And so, like, the more friends, the more relationships you make with people the more like like powerful as a group you become and you start to build this sort of like camaraderie yeah it's a crime family because the three th- the three things the yakuza are about as as portrayed through these games i'm not actually commenting on the fucking literal the real <laughs> the real mob yeah <laughs> are honor love and family yep. <laughs> they're what makes the yakuza so in four you get I keep wanting to say catchy it's not akiyama you get akiyama your local lone your noble lone shark boy you get the cop who is kind of boring and you get the biggest motherfucker of all Saijima. time Saijima. <laughs> yeah Saijima. He's... 18 counts Saijima, so called so named because he went to jail for killing 18 people in a bar fight <laughs> he's got so many guns in the he's the one who punches he the shoots bear. someone with a with his mouth if he you... has a gun in his mouth that he uses at one point if you've ever seen that clip going around with the DMX song, where it's like, if I get into a fight with a grizzly bear, help the bear, and someone's punching a bear, that's Hajiba. Yes. So I think that kind of gives... Oh, wait, uh, Cosmic Kiryu, real quick. One, the most badass man in all of Japan. He is never to be fucked with. He is yeah. almost the most noble man in all of Japan. And the first game starts, he goes, he takes his dive for his best friend, gets out of prison finds this orphan girl he becomes her father figure and that is the main emotional driving stakes for almost the entirety of the series and i think that's broadly enough speaking about yakuza to kind of get into the weeds he learns how to be a dad yeah and it i love that i love when you take guys who are not a dad and you make them a dad it is the easiest way to get a western audience to go should we give this an emmy (laughs) (laughs) yeah to have please sir little street urchin taken in by like the you know a badass with a actual heart of gold we will never get over the story that is the only way to redeem a grizzled murderer is with yeah. the wide-eyed innocence of oh, a child here... jpeg of the last of us for no reason <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what okay here's a good question to digress just a little bit if 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 yakuza was like made into like say amazon is like we're gonna make an amazon original series of yakuza i'd just pull up the movie and be like just release this they made one but like who do you think would be like casting for uh, kiryu okay are we doing this like in the 90s where you have to get no, like, like modern Brad Pitt? like modern day like who they <laughs> like like who they would choose keeping in mind it's like amazon or netflix so they're probably not going to cast like they're probably going to cast a white guy who the <laughs> like, is the... that's that's why i asked like is this the 90s so i have to say fucking like brad pitt i no. think honestly who was the guy who played the dad in 
Shang-Chi. Oh, well, you didn't see Shang-Chi. I Fuck. haven't seen Shang-Chi. I do know who you're talking about, though. I think him. Okay. I, th- I think he'd be a good Kiryu, because I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like... I'm more trying to think of, like, built guys, and I, I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm more so thinking that voice. Kiryu has such a specific voice. Oh, yeah. Voice. That's a very big thing, too. It, part of Kiryu, and I see this a lot when, when I, like, look into Yakuza and its popularity, is that, like... You weren't joking, like, Kiryu is listed in, like, the top of, like, video game characters to ever be created, right alongside Solid Snake from Metal Gear. And I think both of those characters are made or broke by their voice. And I think, like, everyone knows Snake, like, Colonel. Like, you get that. But then, like, Kiryu, like, the, was it, Dame Dane? Like, the singing, (laughs) the fucking, the nunny. Like, literally, anytime (laughs) something stupid happens, or just any of that, any of that stuff is what makes the character and it's alongside like majima who is also like probably one of my favorite video game characters and it's also like one of those like he is also like the same voice so a fun thing on the voices too when it comes to yakuza i know we're getting like sidetracked entirely but the game plays such good attention to different japanese dialects so certain characters are from certain areas in the game so like in the 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 first two games primarily take place in tokyo in uh, Kamarucho, which is like a fictionalized version of, uh, I can't remember the name, but it's like a it's like a major commerce hub in Tokyo, yeah. and the ma- characters who are from, basically the characters who are from out east or west yeah, have different th- like th- dialects. In three, when you're doing the island, I in don't, in Okinawa, when you're in Okinawa, every time everyone's making fun of your accent. Yeah, and because you have a city accent, yeah. whereas like everyone there is much more like laid back, and then. The Majima, who is from Sotenbori, which is a fictionalized version of the the famous like Japanese city with the giant crab and like all this stuff, big restaurant area. He has like a much more like slang out like stuff where he speaks a lot more like like uh, broken sentences and like like talks like streets like street talk. Yeah, and that's like each character has a different like even the subtitles are different. And I, I don't know, I just appreciate that. I appreciate that every every person has, like, even, like, the random NPCs have names. Like, the, it feels very much like a world where you can just jump in and... Like, I mean, I started the first game having knowing nothing about it and enjoyed my time. It was just easy to get lost in it. Yeah, and speaking of voice performances, this does lead us wonderfully into why these games weren't localized for a long time. And that's because <laughs> the first... <laughs> Yakuza 1, the English dub, is one of the most widely criticized. Just to... Mark Hamill voices Majima. Which is perfect casting. And he doesn't remember it. (laughs) Is one of my favorite trivia bits. Was there was a point... I want to say it was recent. Where they were interviewing Mark Hamill. And they showed him a picture of Majima. And they were like, do you remember this character? And he was like, no. And then they like played a clip of it. And he's like, I don't know if that's me. Like, he literally does not remember recording the voice lines. Who's the fucking, the guy who's in all those Quentin Tarantino movies, he's, like, old and grumpy, like, Oh, wait, like, the guy who plays the Mr. Wolf in Pulp Fiction? Yeah, he's Kiryu's fucking dad. Oh, he's, or he's, he's Cosma? (laughs) I've, honestly, that's not a bad cast. He has a great voice, but, like. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just, it, the, the point, if we haven't have it at home, is that these games are aggressively Japanese, yeah. and so <laughs> looking at these un, unapologetically hyper-Japanese motherfuckers with just these 
Kelsey, why are you doing this? Yeah. You done betrayed the yuck as a son. And it's also like that that sort of like gruff voice doesn't fit Cosimo, who's like he literally runs an orphanage. Like he's, he's like a very nice guy with a dark secret. He's such but like a nice man. Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's almost like I wish I kinda I don't know much about the first game's dub and I wanna know like Nishki. Like I, I hope he's like got a real high Weasley voice or uh, something. I, want, I, I don't know. I want Nishki to have the voice actor who plays who the fuck is Nero Stat from Devil May Cry? Virgil, oh, yeah, but Virgil from Devil May Cry. Spoilers 3. if you don't know that, but if I feel you... like everyone knows this, but <laughs> but the reason Virgil is so like I need I need power, Dante, yeah. is because his voice actor was sick the whole time he recorded his lines <laughs> for Devil May Cry. Oh 3. my god, so that's why he sounds different. Yakuza is just so good. I re- I got in trouble one time because I tweeted like hashtag fuck Nishki, and I had so many like random Yakuza fans from like the dark underbelly of twitter coming into my dms and being like what did you mean by this what do you mean <laughs> and i'm like he's the villain of the first game yeah, sh- shut up he doesn't betray you yeah it's part of the reason like why i had to change i think i changed my name or my bio on twitter at one point to just be like liquid did nothing wrong <laughs> and i pissed off like some random metal gear fan who literally was like in my dms for like days just being like what do you mean liquid did nothing wrong and i like didn't even actually mean it but i was like fighting for his position he was like he's a terrorist i'm like yeah but you but brother you don't understand <laughs> like just like just like fucking with him basically it was, think, it was funny i think the best way to summarize yakuza to someone who hasn't played it is there's this wonderful comic it's four panels and it's kiryu and he's standing there and he's smoking a cigarette and he goes it's time to do some crimes. And then the next panel is him playing go-karts with some kids. The next one is he's helping a little old lady across the street. And the last one, he's sitting on a bench with an elderly woman. And he goes, never forget, there's nothing more important than life than being true to yourself. Yeah, okay. So first, uh, I, w- I had to describe Yakuza to someone recently. And the way I described it was you add a chicken to your real estate firm after you beat it in bowling. And it becomes... You don't beat the chicken. Oh, no, you, you don't get, beat the chicken. You, you, beat, the chicken you beat the record at the bowling alley, and, and you get a live chicken. chicken as a reward, and you make it a real estate agent. And then in the same game, literally, like, in the plot, you then turn and try to keep your brother from committing a double suicide. Suicide homicide. Yakuza effortlessly bounces from the most serious grim dark like photorealistic you can see the what are those what's the word for like the like the pores you can see the pores on their fucking faces talking about how this job is a grindstone to your soul and then they're literally playing hot potato keep away with a fucking baby (laughs) and the baby is soaring through the air in slow motion i'm like i don't know if this is okay for the baby but then the camera holds on the baby's face and the baby's fucking loving it the baby's having such a good time the same another game literally defeat two tigers in hand-to-hand combat to save your your daughter who has been kidnapped and then you go and you run a cabaret club where you have to manage dozens of women and make money and defeat these evil billionaires are we at the part of the podcast where we can just kind of talk about favorite side quest moments do you want to just do Uh, oh yeah i mean my one of my favorite side quests i have two they're both from yakuza's kiwami 2 one is they're both like i feel like pretty big like people talk about this all the time and it's the one where it's like so there's these guys trying to beat you up and the boss comes out and he's like hey sorry about my guys trying to beat you up follow me to my club i'll pay for your drinks 
and the guy and you're like okay sure so you go to the club and it's it's a hostess club or whatever and like and the the boss is like here i set you up with a girl we'll just it's all on me and kiryu's like oh okay cool and they go to the room and you open the door and close it behind you and you turn around and she's standing there and it's like a crib and oh, some the play ma- the- and some play mats <laughs> on the ground and she's like dressed like a like a nanny and she's like okay little baby let's take care of you and then you're just like you have the option to literally just turn around and walk out and then if you're like what what's going on she's like no babies don't talk and then Kiryu's like uh and she's like would you, would you like to be bottle fed or breastfed and he's like i think there's some mistake and you go to back up and like the wall falls over and it reveals that there's this whole room <laughs> where the joke. boss is in a diaper and is all of his people are all in diapers then, pretending to be babies and then they get mad he's like you fucking judging me yeah and then kiryu's like this isn't my scene and goes to leave and the boss is like hey I paid for you and you're going to be shitty like this. You're going to make me feel bad about my own kink in front of my men. And then you have to fight like 11 guys in diapers and they have rattles that they're using as like melee weapons. And you, of course you just stomp them basically. And then you leave and the guys are like, they come out and Kiryu's like, what you want more? And they're like, no, thank you for beating the shit out of our boss. None of us are into this. And then one of the guys is like, I mean, I'm kind of into choking, but like not anything like baby stuff. The thing with side quests is every time you end a side quest, Kiryu says something to himself, like a little blurb to kind of like check it off the list. And this one is he's like, some people's kinks should not be enforced on others. And it's just, (laughs) it's just funny to me. I, I don't know. Just that whole thing. Like, I know that it's a famous thing. Like a lot of people use it for memes or something like that. But it's just like, I think about that all the time. And I'm just like, someone literally sat down drew up this idea animated it fully voiced it and then made it a part of like the game like it's just so good one of my favorite ones is when kiryu has to teach a virgining dominatrix how to do her job yeah true to herself i'm not gonna go through the whole thing but my favorite part is he's like no no no. we like you could pick the location and if you pick like playground it's like no 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 you're uncomfortable right now you need to work through that we have to be able to do this anywhere so you can deal with any client and then a kid shows up and the kid's name is innocent child (laughs) these are the same games mind you that the the reason yakuza 3 is my favorite is because like the first three hours of that game are just run an orphanage simulator and it's really fucking emotional just taking care of all these kids and they call you uncle kaz and And there's it's it's very like it really builds this sort of like relationship because he also it's really endearing because you play through the this part of the game in yakuza 3 where the first two games have been non-stop like you fight an underground blood sport casino you fight some tigers you fight ninjas on a rooftop you find out the government is so corrupt that like they're part of the mob basically and that and your best friend sacrifices himself and blows himself up the love of your life dies all of this your dad dies literally all of this stuff happens and he's just like retired wants to live a quiet life and take care of these kids and he talks to these kids like like i don't know like like a way like a gentle giant kind of whereas anytime you talk to an adult you're very harsh abrasive and you're like leave me alone and then anytime kiryu walks over and like there's a problem he's like hey you know this is we talk about our feelings here you know blah 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 and then you go into the city and like this guy's like i'm gonna fight you and kiryu's like i will literally smear you across the pavement i will fuck you up so hard 
And then you go home and you're like, hey, kids, what'd you color today? <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it shows the duality of him and just that, like, he's a good guy at heart kind of thing. Cosmic Hero is simultaneously the baddest man in all of Japan. He is not to be, to the point where they contextualize random fights because at some point when you have punched your way through all of the <laughs> fucking yakuza family you're from why do people keep running you on the street and it's a hazing ritual that's how you get into the yakuza is you get your ass beat by kiryu and he's also the nicest man who will stop and listen to you about your problems and try to help you there's a another another like side mission that i i think about all the time is i think it's in the first game actually is is it save the cat no when just the text pops up save the cat no 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 there's a there's one where it's like this person it, it basically just comes down to like there's two instances i think in the first game the first one is you're dating or you're you have to go on dates with this girl who is helping you um it might be in zero no 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 i think it's the first one you have to go on dates with this girl and then like as you're dating you find out that like she's definitely a lesbian and she's like in the closet about it and you like encourage her to be who she is kind of thing and then there's another one where it's a similar situation, but with a trans woman and Kiryu's and like, it comes out that she's trans and Kiryu's like, I don't care. Like, do you be who you want to be. And like people who love you will always support you. And I will always be here to kick the shit out of anyone who doesn't like, yeah. and it's just like, especially from a game that is from Japan, that is very yeah. unapologetically Japanese that has all of these stuff to have that. I realize it's like from Sega, which is like, you know, sonic and like all of these like in it so they're probably gonna play especially for western obviously a little more safe but like yakuza one a lot of the stuff in it came out like 20 years ago and all of these things these ideas that have been like added in or tweaked it just is really nice to see that sort of representation and that niceness that like gentleness from a game that comes from a culture that is generally perceived as being like really anti-lgbt and really especially anti-trans yeah the duality of Kazuma Kiryu is he is a man who will see a child struggling with the relationship with his father and give that kid the time of day and do his best to make sure they have a healthy and stable relationship. And he will also press the triangle button because your heat gauges build up and, and shove nails in your fucking mouth. Well, I was going to say he will he will help take care of the kid and then he will turn around and punch the dad in the mouth. <laughs> And be like, what well, the fuck is wrong with you? I just, real quick, some of my favorite moments with Kiryu is like, did you play six? Not yet. Okay. I'm uh, playing them all in order. Uh, and I just finished three. Do you care if I spoil it? No, go ahead. Okay, I, so. I, I basically know what. Yeah, okay. Have. So the, the whole game, I'm like, okay, someone knocked up Kiryu's daughter. Yeah. Like, and is not around. I was like, and when Kiryu finds out that, like, that guy left, he's going to get his ass beat. <laughs> and so you find out who it is. And I was like. The scene should end with Kiryu kicking him through a wall, and then the camera cuts to the wall, the outside, who <laughs> just gets launched through the wall. There are so many good moments. I when I was playing, I think Yakuza one. There's a part, yeah, it was one. There's a part where it was either one or zero. There's a part where you're like in the main like Tojo HQ office, and you walk out onto the balcony, and there's just rows of people looking to kick your ass. 
And I out loud said, jump the banister. And then Kiryu jumped over the banister and Superman landed and got up and just fucking dumped. You got to, you know, and I literally screamed. I was like, fuck yeah! That exact feeling of Kiryu does the thing you're thinking. This is very different. But when I, Yakuza 3, my favorite, when you first meet your friend, you're you're like new subordinate. He's like, oh, and the key, boss! Oh, the viper guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He shows his tattoo and it's unfinished and Kiryu goes, that's a cool snake. And he goes, not a snake, it's a fucking viper. And I said out loud, snakes are a type of vipers. And then I said that, Gary goes, snakes are a type of viper. <laughs> it's just because he's, it's it's also that trope of like, the guy you're playing as is the only sane guy in a crazy world. Yeah. And so like you as the player is like, well, this thing. And then he says it and it's like, yeah, because he's, it's kind of like, it's meant to get the audience into his shoes kind of thing. And it just does it very well. I think one last, one of my favorite bits that really summarize Yakuza before i think I, th- I think we've talked enough to get into ca- we might want to do a little bit more about how the world works and then get into character but my favorite bit it's in yakuza 3 again my favorite fucking yakuza but the the guy you team up with has this adopted daughter and her parents got murdered in front of her so she's mute she doesn't speak and they oh kid- yeah yeah and they kidnap her no they kidnap the guy and they're gonna kill him and he's in the middle of this bull rink and he's like he's at the end of his rope he doesn't have a reason to live and then his mute daughter she walks up and she speaks for the first time and she goes dad and through the power of love this old grizzled yakuza vet stands up a bull charges uh-huh. and he grabs the bull's by the horns, horns and throws them over his head yeah. because he's fueled with yeah. the power of love oh yeah oh yakuza is the best there's just so many good moments in it so many like it's just like a perfect entertaining piece to play and experience especially like with friends and to just talk about but um, and I, I really need the listeners to understand all this shit we've talked about does not scratch the surface no, of how we much mostly, you get to do it. We have, we've only mentioned like half these games. <laughs> like it's the thing. And we haven't even talked about because we described it as a, like a beat em up series. I don't know if it's because the there's the offshoots of the games which come out. There's one called Judgment and another. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just called Judgment 2, but it's called something. I don't remember. But anyways, it's that's like you play as a lawyer in the same setting yeah. trying to solve a murder in modern day. There's another one that just came out, whereas you play as a different character, and it's built like a turn-based RPG. Yeah, and then there's so, the zombie spinoffs. Yeah, there's zombie spinoffs. There's there's all these things. It's definitely like one of those things where it got super popular with the remakes that they've done recently, and Western audiences finally picked it up, loved it, and then Sega is finally like, oh, we can actually like do shit with this in the West. And now they're making money off of it and it's becoming like a thing and they're trying, I hope they're not going to rebrand and try to do like more turn-based stuff. Not that I don't, I don't mind it, but I just prefer the beat-em-up. I feel like that's this, that is this, like how the series was built. There's an entire side quest in four that is you team up with gangified versions of New Japan Pro Wrestler wrestlers and it becomes a turn-based strategy game. It's a, there's one in, I mean, no, uh, a real-time, it becomes a real-time strategy game. There's one in... I mean, I kind of got addicted to the... There's a strategy game that's built into Kiwami 2 where you have to protect Majima Construction, which is Majima rebrands, leaves the Yakuza and opens his own construction company so he can be king of it, basically. But, like, the whole point is whenever you beat hard... Like, whenever you beat bosses or really hard fights in the game, you can recruit them to this agency and then use them as, like... Basically, it's like a... It's a turn-based, top-down, like, tower defense game basically and i got like addicted to it and like leveling up my characters and all this stuff and i was to the point where i was literally like this on its own could be a game. yeah like that on the, the uh, my roommate was watching me play yakuza the other day and he was like 
this is literally just how many mini games can you fit into a single game? And I was like, yeah, and no, the for sure. All of them. But yeah. The, like you could probably run through the story in like a day, but with all of the side shit, like I, it, I think I beat two very recently with like 48 hours in the game, just straight. So we've talked about the tone and the mini games and definitely Kiryu. I think we should talk about other characters. So we kind of get the feel I of think, how characters well, made I was in gonna, the game. Yeah. And I was going to say too, there's a really important aspect to characterization across all of the games which is tattoo mythology yeah and i think that's a really big thing especially in, even in real life yakuza culture yeah like first thing basically is that kiryu is his other name is the dragon of dojima and the reason for this is besides his relationship with like the family that he was in when he was younger he has a massive tattoo on his back of a dragon and Every person in the game that is part of the Yakuza has a tattoo on their back. Part of in real life, tattoos in Japan represent criminals, basically. If you have a tattoo and you are Japanese, they're like, oh, you're probably a criminal. Whereas if you're a white guy in Japan, they're like, oh, you're just from somewhere else. Yeah. But if you're if you're Japanese in Japan and you have tattoos, generally people view that as like a criminal thing. And so in the games, the iconography, the chosen art of each individual person, uh reflects who they are as a character yeah your back tattoo is a direct reflection of your soul and every time you get a boss fight with another yakuza member there is an excellent moment where they grab one corner of the jacket and everything comes off seamlessly rip off all of their yeah all of their top clothes and it reveals their tattoo so like for instance like i said kiryu is the dragon he's got a red dragon on his back and that like symbolizes basically just like the overall like power of him how uh he's and it's cool too because in zero which is a prequel it's not colored in yet it's just the ink work to represent that like he's still growing he hasn't reached his potential yet uh which is cool and And also he's a literal mythic figure exactly yeah like he becomes a legend and it's that's the whole point is like the development of the legend and then other characters like Majima, for instance, who is basically Kiryu's boyfriend, is my favorite way to describe him. He's a, he's a longtime rival. Kiryu-chan! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he The first game, he literally, like, he'll just pop out of holes in the walls to beat your ass. Majima everywhere system. He is, oh, yeah. He is, the best way to describe him is he is literally the no one is allowed to kill you but me yeah. character. And then he's also like, but I don't want you to die because you're too fun. Yeah. So, like, continues to fuck with you, but also, like, doesn't want anything bad to happen to you. So and you it, always find him at a batting cage. Exactly. And he he ends up helping you raise your daughter, too. Which is why I say he's, like, his boyfriend. But, like, they, they both come to really admire each other. And it's this sort of, like, you know the meme where the two... I think it's from Predator, where the two the two buff guys yeah. are like, <laughs> yeah, Predator it's literally that. And Goro Sajima, he's got a giant tiger on his back because yeah. he's this fucking beast. He's this heavy cat. Yeah, and well, and Majima's was the it was Oni, right? Yeah, or no, uh, yeah, Hanya. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's some type of so because he's a demon. He's like a demon, Mad Dog, Mad. Yeah, Mad Dog Majima. Yeah, and then uh, Sajima, yeah, he's got the tiger, which represents like different sorts of like power, strength, but also loyalty. Yeah. 
Because he's, he's the most loyal. Yeah, and like all of these things. There's multiple villains in the series that also have dragons because they stand, like their representation is literally that they are diametrically opposed to Kiryu. We'll get into it, but my old OC, who I'm going to talk about on this episode, he also has a dragon yeah. tattoo, but we'll get into it. Because like when you when you have a dragon tattoo, you are the either the antagonist or protagonist of life. Is yeah. essentially <laughs> the, is essentially the Yakuza. Yakuza 2 is built on having a dragon fight a dragon. It is. Well, and so is Zero because it's revealed that the one the old guy oh, is yeah. has a dragon. Yeah, dragon and that's supposed to represent the changing of the guard god fucking yeah it's awesome. because with his death kiryu's legend grows yeah so i think we're pretty set on making a yakuza character as opposed to making like a side character kiryu interacts oh with. yeah all right so before we get into that i'm just gonna talk about my old yakuza oc who i made when i was like 10 so shut up <laughs> so of course i made like a half American guy, because I was like, I don't know shit about Japan. <laughs> yeah. So I made him, and we're not going to get into Super, but the one bit I always had with him that I stand by this day is you do, you know, the mythic take off the back, and uh -huh. he's like, yeah, Kiryu, you like my sick tattoo? It's a dragon. And it's like a European-style dragon, and he looks over his shoulder and he's like, yeah, that's why I'm the American dragon, Kiryu. And Kiryu oh, goes, no. Americans don't have dragons. That's European. And he replies, stealing from another culture, I really am the American dragon. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like an American Dragon Jake Long thing. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh no. Where does your mind go? Where, 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 what place? I don't know. I'm immediately trying to think of like other animals or something that can be represented or like cool, like things like that. Okay. Cause when, when the Yakuza family, honor, love, mm -hmm. we have various villains. I'm also trying to think of like tattoos I haven't seen in the series yeah. yet. Okay, so this is going to be like my little bit of yeah, actual Yakuza knowledge. There's a word for it, such as H, I don't know it, but essentially translates to Hell Butterfly. Okay. And there's a specific reason if you have that tattoo, and that tattoo is essentially like, oh, what's the thing, the, the brightest candles burn the quickest. Live fast, die young, mm -hmm. is why you get the Hell Butterfly tattoo. I don't think I've seen that in very many ones. That could be a thing. I think a cool, something from like Japanese folklore or like a sea creature. Like I like the idea of an octopus maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, yeah, a, yeah. like a giant octopus on okay. someone's back. We could do an octopus and it's like the big bad is like his, his you know, his tentacles are reaching, reaching all over town. Things. He's got yeah. his hand in all these different pies. Yeah. I will say there is always, if you run into a Korean in a Yakuza game, that's a sign of, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a little play, playful racism when it comes to the Koreans. I uh, don't know why the Koreans are always portrayed as so fucking crazy, but if you run into a Korean... Well, because it's like the Korean shit. mob, but I was saying, like, they do the... It's very... It, not fun, funny, but not funny. It, inappropriate funny, where it's like, the Koreans show up, and they're, they're honestly scary. They're terrifying. There's one guy who has, like, blades in his feet who comes after you and tries to kill you and shit, but, like, the... Like, everyone who speaks Japanese talks normal, and then because they're, like, speaking broken Japanese, their subtitles are in broken English yeah. with, like, the racist, like, Asian accents. The fucking, uh, one of the big sub-bosses in Yakuza 6 is the silver-haired Korean with eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. Then he fucked your shit up, but he loves you so much. He's yeah. like, I'm the biggest fan. Well, the, uh, the two, I think the whole plot is that it's, like, the what is it, the Jingwon Mafia? Yeah, yeah, it's the Korean Mafia. It's the Korean show up, and it's like, oh shit, it's got yeah. real. Yeah, no. When it comes to, I I would probably want a character that is involved in like the the Yakuza stuff, and I like the idea of having either that or like like what if it wasn't an animal? What if it was something like a fucking like airplane or something? I don't know. Like <laughs> he's got a gun. Yeah, just a gun <laughs> tattooed on his back. His power is that he has a gun. 
What was did it ever reveal what like Cosmo's tattoo was? I don't know. I don't. I feel like he would have a gun because <laughs> that was his. Power. He would have a tattoo that says "I I killed my orphaned son's real family." Oh my god! <laughs> just says that. Yeah. Because um... one of my favorite things is uh, Nishki. Nishki's tattoo is a koi fish, which is there's a story in Japan, which or in like ancient Japanese story mythology, which was that there's like a koi fish traveling upstream when it achieves its goal becomes a dragon yeah and so the the whole point of it was that like it's throughout the game he's constantly struggling to achieve kiryu's effortless legacy yeah whereas kiryu is just naturally a badass he's been struggling his whole life to reach that aspect and then finally at the end of the game when there's a showdown they rip their clothes off and it's like he like you know he's like there he's powerful it's his tattoo is fully bright it's like oh this is nishiki's moment to become the dragon or not and he spoilers he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't but to cure you he does yeah it that's the important part is like he doesn't cure you like stomps him but then he sacrifices his life to save cure you which cure you like in other games reflects on like every game starts with a like cemetery yeah where he's like talking about the loved ones he's lost and he's like Every time he's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Nishiki. And so, like, that is less of, like, a stepping stone to Kiryu's legacy and, like, more of, like, he was allowed to continue because of Nishiki kind of thing, which is cool. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I'll throw out some animals and some things and I'll see where you want to go. Bull, that one Japanese monster that's a giant skeleton, Mm -hmm. an octopus, a fox, the devil. (laughs) okay the sushinoko fat snake like a chubby snake <laughs> just, just a chubby snake because i like that too i've been thinking i was just thinking about that like what what if it was like a snake but it's fat <laughs> and then it was like the character's whole thing is that he's like how would you describe like because the thing with the guy like the viper guy for instance is like he's super loyal yeah and so it's not like he's a snake like he he's betrayed or anything like that but like his thing is that he's a viper because he like will stand up for the people around him and like protects his territory. I always took it as like you associate viper with that quick strike and he's so quick. Yeah, like he's he's a hothead and he's quick to but act. But keep in mind when you first in, when you're first introduced to him, the tattoo's unfinished. Yeah, because that's something Kiryu says is like, why doesn't he have eyes? Yeah, is because I think his thing is that he's quick to act. He's territorial, but he has no direction. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say no, no foresight. Yeah, no, like he has no like target. He has yeah. no goal. And that's He's why he latches on to Kiryu so Exactly. Much. Yeah. And becomes the literal, like, the apple of his eye, but, like, the literal point of focus. And so I, I like the idea of, like, having tattoos, too, that are, like, unfinished and stuff like that. So, I don't know. This is a hard one. Okay. Uh, see how you feel about this. Going back to the giant skeleton monster, because I just think that'd be a sick-ass tattoo. Uh-huh. tattoo. What if it is it is unfinished because the tattoo artist died and so now he feels incomplete? The thing with the, like a badass like like skeleton tattoo monster thing like that too is you need to have like just a oh, just scary motherfucker. Yeah. Like you need to have like like comically scary. Like I'm talking like like iPad, like not like I like like scar across the eye and like fucking like maybe that goes up into the hair or something like that. Like dude got hit in the face with like, "Oh, okay." guy who's in the in the yakuza who fought against like the triad maybe and Mm -hmm. got like cleavered in the face yeah and now he's like his whole thing is that he's just fuck he's like a wartime kind of like uh you remember like shimano 
the big, the bald guy, whose whole thing is that he just fucks people up. Yeah, I was gonna say he's uh, going with the wartime thing. It's when a soldier comes back and they don't know how to adjust to normal life. Yeah, I think I think this character would exist in that. And this is gonna be naming conventions are difficult because I don't think either of us speak Japanese. No. <laughs> yeah. That is something, too, that's interesting when it comes to naming conventions, especially in the Yakuza games, but in Japan in general. But, like, names mean things. Oh, yeah. Fucking, you can pick any pick any anime character you want. Go, their to, their, go to their wikia. Go to the bottom. See the three pages of trivia about all the fucking puns about their name that don't translate. Yeah, like, like different things. Well, like, a uh, side shoot. Like, things like, um, oh, God. Like, like fucking what's his name light yagami from death note mm-hmm. his name literally means like savior which is he he's he's the the savior character the messianic character yeah. or uh kiryu ryu is dragon yeah. in japanese and so like i know it's it's actually a different kanji i think a little nerd shit but i think it's not like the same kanji for dragon but it's it's I mean, it's done on purpose. Yeah. They they do these sorts of things on purpose. Yeah, they think about the name. It's so... like a there's a line from a fucking Pulp Fiction where the one chick is like, "What does your name mean?" And Butch is like the boxer. He's like, "Oh, I'm American, honey. Our mean our names don't mean shit." <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, we're not gonna name this character, and you will pretend we came up with the name, but it's very appropriate and Japanese. Yeah, and not at all uh, racially insensitive. <laughs> Because I feel like that would be very easy to to do as well if we were to try to come up with something. All right, so I, th- I think we've got a direction. We've got scary man, unfinished death tattoo is ill adjusted, but, but he can't be two dimensional. Yeah. So he's scary man, but he has some sort of like like thing that would either get him in trouble with yakuza, like we're like he's scary and people respect him, but he has something about him that would make people not respect him. Uh, like he collects like like manga or something like i don't know like something like something like that or like uh something in his like like he's actually a really loving father who's not allowed to see his kid or something okay like something that would tug on the heartstrings if you were to go in like some sort of melodramatic like way okay what if what if his like wife died from cancer i was gonna say that his kid is in like witness protection because the triad and so like he, okay and like do, he like he loves his kid and looks out for the kid but the kid doesn't even know he exists yeah okay he's a ghost so to it's, his kid I, yeah his and graveyard it's, skeleton okay okay i like that and it's kind of like the forest of Sai, but not really where there's the forest of Sai was like watching over his kid but yeah. this guy is like and like the the kid views him as like this terrible like mob boss who watches over part of the city but doesn't realize that literally like he's the reason that he has never faced any sort of like strife whereas like any anytime somebody goes to mug him it's like off camera the guy is getting shit rocked by some random yakuza so does kiryu beat the shit out of our guy or does kiryu help him or i think kiryu fights him and then realizes and then becomes friends because that happens all All the time time. where do you think their fight takes place i feel like graveyard is obvious but for some reason my brain is saying construct like unfinished construction yard I think that's more so because it's like, then you'd get to like hit people with beams and shit as yeah. opposed to being like I mean, I love the idea of taking someone, pressing triangle and smashing their head into a headstone <laughs> is really funny to me Some for some reason. I like the idea more of like, on a, for some reason, I was thinking more rural. So like a, like a cool, like, uh, like shrine area or something like that. Or like, like, a you, you know that, like, do you know the Phoenix Wright games? 
Yeah. You know the the one that's like a giant bridge over a huge chasm? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I just, something like that. We're like, um. Here's a very stupid idea. And I don't know if it translates. That? What if it's in a haunted house? I don't know if they have those in Japan. Oh, they, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what if it's in a oh, haunted house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's it. It's, it's, you know, those like multiple floor yeah. haunted houses. Yeah. That's it. Kiryu has to go there, has to fight all these smoky and the, goons. Oh, and I love this too, because like, if it's an area that Kiryu can go back to at any point in the game, like you can have side quests in, in that would have like him having to deal with haunted shit. And him just constantly being like, ghosts aren't real, right? And then it's like, <laughs> something happens, and he's like, <laughs> like, you know? And then it's, and then it's like, no, actually, it was a cat. And he was, because that, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is one of my favorite things in Yakuza 3, is there is a ton of sub-stories where these, these high school girls, and they're like, did you hear about the devil cat that comes out? And if you see it, you're cursed to die. And Kiryu's like, what a bunch of bullshit. And then you turn around, this black cat runs by Kiryu, and he's like, oh, the devil cat! <laughs> And then it's like you go and you follow it and it's revealed that it's just some old person's cat and they need help because they don't have their medicine. You help them. And it's just like because that's how it always goes. But like or like when the girls are like, have you heard about the haunted and cursed locker? And then you're like, what a bunch of bullshit. And then you walk near it and it like moves the locker door, like flails around. And then Kiryu's like, ah, the cursed locker. And it's like because it's so he's always like, no, nah, this is bullshit. Oh, my God, it's real. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, it's not. No, because it's not real. Right, but so it's like he goes to the haunted house and he's like, it's not haunted. Holy shit, it's haunted. Oh, yeah. fuck. And Ghosts. then it's not haunted. But like, I, I just love the idea. Like, the playing around with that kind of yeah. thing is... Alright, so we've got a, we've got the character, we've got his tattoo, we've got some dimensionality. Well, and I like this, too, because if it's, like, a haunted house or building, like, a haunted office building or something like that... Yeah, there's just a bunch of salarymen. But this is where, like, the guy could be hiding out and running his operation from, because nobody goes there because they yeah. think it's haunted or something. <laughs> when in reality, it's, like, him and his boys, like, in the basement. Yeah, so I feel... I feel pretty... This character feels pretty fully realized to I like me. It. Yeah. Um, are there any other things we want to get on before we jump? Have we have we discussed visuals? Because you've given him like the big scar. I think on his face. A, he should have a scar. Um, what kind of suit? Because he's a yakuza guy, so he's in a suit. What type of suit are you feeling? You know, colors matter too. When we're when we're talking about yakuza characters, colors and clothes matter. There, there's a very big emphasis. There's a reason Kiryu wears the same suit for like thirty years. Like because he's poor, <laughs> but like <laughs> broke bit, but like an all gray Mr. suit. Mr. Shakedown took all his fucking <laughs> money. In the prequel, he wears a white suit with like gold, golden white suit because it's gaudy, and also because he's like, I'm a good boy. Yeah. Everything is good. I'm good, and money matters. And it's then, the '80s, and we're all fucking rich. Yeah, and then at the game, at the game's ending, he starts wearing the gray suit, and he's like, because not everything is black and white. Yeah. And then the like, it's gray and the inter and the inside is red and it's like a symbol on the outside he's stoic, stone like and like everything around him there's all there's good and evil and he has to constantly navigate that and the inside is like a representation of his own mortality as well as his like fire that drives him and also just he's a hero because red yeah. is the killer of heroes in exactly and then whereas like Majima for instance he wears snakeskin jacket like just gaudy snakeskin jacket and then nothing underneath. Yeah. what you see is what you get and he's fucking crazy and that's like the the representation of that or like daigo when you're first introduced to daigo as a character he's wearing this insane puffer jacket that everyone makes fun of where it literally makes him just look like a marshmallow and it's because he's got walls up around him he won't let anyone near him he he's 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 
hurting on the inside, but he's got this armor around him. And then in the later games, he's just wearing a plain black suit yeah, because right. he's got no, you know. And I like the idea of this guy being tall, lanky, and like maybe like wearing like a navy suit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it's um, it's in Lower Olympus where they're in court and everyone shows up in a suit, and then Hades because he's a soldier shows up in like a, a military yeah. garb, a veteran attire. Yeah, I think I think that's his suit. It's some type of like navy suit. Yeah, something like that. Does he have a navy sword? He totally, he totally has a navy sword. And then he whips it maybe out. Maybe that he uses fight. Com- like maybe it's like on the wall behind him, but not like not something. Like you go to fight him, he flips his desk, he just grabs the sword off the wall or something. You know, like that. Alright, so I yeah, I think that's it. Um are we at one fun fact apiece? Oh, I don't know. I, I feel like we've both added so much shit to this. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's just how episodes end. We close it out with one fun fact apiece, kind okay. of fully round out this character. But yeah, I, I feel like we've got kind of everything. Oh, fun fact, like, for the characters? Yeah. Oh, easy. The, uh, he likes cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he likes cats. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going inju- to inject a little bit of myself into it, but, like, he's got, like, a huge weakness for cats. The point where, like, you could probably do something where, like, you, you show a cat and he's like, oh, like like just super cutesy language for no reason i think he has a really complicated relationship with chinese food because he was in prison by the triad for years but they had to give him some food and they were like nice to him for that for some yeah. reason so i was like it tastes really good but i can't like ptsd kind of like kind of like have you ever seen old boy yeah where he like sort of lives <laughs> off of dumplings for years yeah <laughs> something like that so he keeps... whereas now all he wants are like like takeout <laughs> and he's like but he can't all right, so that, ladies and gentlemen, is an episode, and I'm struggling to close out the Amber. Maybe, I mean, maybe in the future we'll talk about Yakuza again. I feel like, despite everything, we've really not scratched the surface, yeah. and if people really like, if if people like this one, we I'm more than happy to talk at length about it. Uh, there's just so much. So much. There's so many, I mean, we didn't get into, into individual characters, anything like that. We just kind of laid out the world, and if it, you should play it is my biggest thing every person i know uh i tell them if they like games if they like japanese culture if they like anime things like that just play it it's a fun time most of the time the games are on sale everywhere and you can also buy collections of them they come in multiple like games per like buy i mean one of my i was just looking at it yesterday if you go onto like steam and you look at reviews for yakuza zero uh the negative reviews that exist are literally just why are you looking at negative reviews by the fucking game? <laughs> That's awesome. Is the negative review. And it's it's like all of them are just so good. And I can't recommend them enough. They're, it's just just jump right in and it, you'll you'll find that you'll you really enjoy it. Yeah, but the closers I struggle with is because usually Amber says the thing and then I close out with my catchphrase, which is I will do everything in my power to monetize our friendship, much like Kiryu will do anything within his power <laughs> to keep the Dojima family alive, despite their constant and nonstop failure. And usually, it's Amber saying, oh, when Devin tries to get to talk about professional wrestling, but, and I don't know what we're talking about because I have to find guests, but Kane's actually going to be here for two episodes. So Kane, would you please describe for the audience what I'm doing? Devin is standing and walking around me. He's currently out of my line of sight. Oh god, he has a notebook. We're doing Ben Shapiro's True Allegiance, bitch! Oh no, okay. (laughs) I guess we're gonna be talking about Ben Shapiro. This is not gonna have any sort of problematic or political elements at all. Have fun with that one, bitches! Podcast out!